0: Hello, this is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working with People by PaveStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Tracy here with us today. How are you, Tracy?
1: I'm doing great. And you, Harrison?
0: I am doing well. Where are you calling in from today?
1: I'm calling in from Wisconsin. I'm in a little town called Beloit between Madison and Chicago.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about people data and how it affects retention, development, all that fun stuff. Uh, But before we get there, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Tracy Shirk, and I'm the Chief Talent Officer here at Elevated Talent Consulting. And, you know, essentially what we do is we work with organizations so that their employees are fulfilled and their managers are creating the container to meet the business outcomes for them and their employees to be fulfilled in that work. And we use people data to do it.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's start with people data, right? I mean, we're going to be talking about people data and people analytics here. What do you mean by people data and people analytics? So let's let's start there. Tell us like why it's also important. Why they're important?
1: Absolutely. So let's start with where th- why they're important. We have data for everything in our organizations. Whether it is our financial data that we use, whether it's our sales data, whether it is, you know, the the productivity or, or production data. All those things we have. What we really don't have and don't do a good job of looking at is people data. And there's many different ways to gather people data. And essentially, people data tells us specifically how to solve business problems, because every business problem is a people problem. So let me give you some examples of people data that we use on a day-to-day basis. One of those is what we call our job assessment, and that is what does every single job in our organization need? and that's a data point and then we compare that data point with who each person is in our organization meaning what are, what are their behavioral needs what are their cognitive needs and when we can look at that data we can say hey you know what these are the individuals that are going to be a great fit for a specific role so that's one type of people data so another kind of people data is you know we hear a ton about diagnostic tools, whether that is exit surveys or employee engagement surveys or pulse surveys. This is all people data telling us what's going well in our organization and what's not going well. And what we love to do is take those data points, compare them to who the person is, how the person is on that team, right? These are all data points that we use. And what this will tell us, and this is the really important part, is specifically if individuals are going to stay or go and how engaged they are in the organization. And there's four key drivers of that that we put that people data against. That is the individual fit to role. So are we putting a square peg in a round hole (laughs) or are we putting the right person in the job that's needed? Um, And then we look at the manager, right? So is the manager managing that employee the way they need to be managed? You know, one of the things that PaveStep does so well is say, hey, we're going to give you some resources and some data on how to coach up and really um, keep track of that. Because what you do at PaveStep is also people data to help us to look at that, right? So that manager piece is incredibly important. The third piece is the team. I don't know about you, Harrison, but I've worked on some amazing teams and some awful teams. How about you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So we want to see is the team executing on the strategy that they that they're asked to do because that's what the business needs? And if they're if they are or aren't, do they have the right people in place in order to do that, right? And then the fourth piece is culture. Every organization has a culture and values. Does the individual values match what the cultural values are? So that's how we use people data so that we can ensure that individuals are fulfilled in their role. And let me name, that's always a personal choice as well as using Mm -hmm. data, because guess what? We're humans and we can't bulletproof this thing.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think people data is one of the hardest and probably least collected data uh, when it comes, at least leveraged data when it comes to organizations and and teams. And and I think it is one of the hardest ones to collect, right? Because people are dynamic, they're complicated. It's not that easy. So you talked a little bit about what type of data that people or organizations can be collecting uh, related to their people. How should they do that, right? So you talked about engagement surveys, like what is the best way for them to one, collect it, and two, uh, to make sure that they are as accurate as possible, right, and reliable.
1: Absolutely, and that's such a great question. So, you know, I'm just going to name some data tools that are out there, Um, you know, and I think we've all heard of like Myers-Briggs and like the True Colors and the DISC assessments, right? And we at Elevated Talent use something called predictive index. And all of those things are fantastic. Um, how they are used has differs, right? So what's really important when you say, hey, I wanna use people data, is that you have a really good understanding as to what you are going to use that data for. For example, predictive index can be used for hiring. Um, you know, there has to be the validity testing done and we need to make sure that the data that we're using is valid for the use that we're using it for. So what I love about predictive index is we can say, hey, you know what? The data and the science tells us that if this person is this profile and and our management team says that this is the profile we're looking for for this job, it is validated to use for hire. And it gives us, typically it's like a 43% increase in retention if we use people data correctly and higher. So with that being said, you know, one, determine what you're going to use your data for, because guess what? If there's not a cost, there's not a problem. So what is the cost that you're trying to solve for? And now let's go ahead and say, yep, we actually have a problem because there's a cost. So now let's go figure out this is what we're solving for, here's some potential solutions for that, and here's how we're going to do it. Is that helpful?
0: Yep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about the impact on retention and things like that when people get it right. So um, let's talk a little bit more about predictive index, right? Because this is something that I've been, you know, relatively familiar with. And I think, you know, not just predictive index, but other kind of assessment tools, right? Especially when it's related to hiring. I think one of the biggest things um, that I've heard about, you know, these types of disks or predictive index and things like that is two things. One is around like, are you testing for, you know, characteristics or are you testing for skills slash behaviors, right? And then the second thing that people wonder about is really, and I've seen this happen kind of interestingly, people like lie. Because they think this role should be a certain profile or a certain characteristic, right? How do you deal with those two things there?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to start with the second first, you know, and I'm going to start with it from the perspective of the management team saying, hey, this is the job assessment we need for this role. And I'm going to back into the person, okay? And, and I'll explain why in a minute. So, With predictive index there's three types of assessments we have the job assessment which is the management team saying this is what we need for the role from a behavioral and a cognitive standpoint. We have the cognitive assessment that says, not how big is the sponge but how quickly can the sponge absorb water meaning how quickly can a person get up to speed with what's needed. Now, you have some roles that you really don't need that. You know what, you're gonna train them, it's the same thing over and over, we don't need that. We have other roles that are really complex and that's incredibly important. And then the third assessment is this behavioral assessment, right? And with the behavioral assessment, it's two questions and it essentially says, what is um, what are your natural behaviors? And then second question is, what do you believe you need to be at work? That's it, right? So when we start with the job assessment with a management team, what typically comes back as is we have this management team all saying that they want different things. And what happens is when we bring an individual in and in that environment, they feel like they're being pulled in eight different directions like an octopus. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, Harrison. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so, so
1: when we can get the management team on board and calibrated into this is truly what the job needs, when they're going back and having the conversation with the employees and the potential applicants, this is key, right? Because we've got the lying aspect that you brought up is it's really in how we explain it, which is, look, we are committed to right fit to the right role. And one of the things that predictive index does is it gives us something called other job matches. And I would much rather have you apply for, let's say, it's an accounting supervisor role and look at that job assessment and go, oh, man, you'd be much better fit for an ERP role. What do you think about that? And what happens so often is they've never thought about these other roles because we're stuck in a bucket of what we went to school for versus what the possibilities are for us. And when we can explain that and actually show that interactions inside of our organization, that ripples out into, you know what, if I'm honest on this, I'm gonna be much happier at work because this company is committed to getting me in the right role for what my natural behavioral drives are. Because those behavioral drives drive the needs that we have, and those needs show up in what our specific behaviors are.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. The first question was related to, um, you know, some people have talked about, hey, you've got to hire for like attitude, you've got to hire for X, Y, Z, um, or you've got to hire for you know, skills, whatever it may be, right? And when you think about, you know, these kind of assessment tests, when, you know, whether it's this, whether it's predictive index, whether it's whatever else, oftentimes, you know, you are testing for their kind of natural characteristics in some sense. And some people have you know, some type of feelings against that, right? Being like, yeah. hey, that's not what you should be assessing. Like, how do yeah. you think about that?
1: Absolutely. It's such a phenomenal question. And here's the deal. There's no one assessment that is a magic bullet and can measure everything. It can't happen. Right. So, you know, when we look at it through our lens, there's three key blocks we look at. The first we call the head, which is their natural behaviors and their natural cognitive abilities, right? Meaning, can they um you know can they do the, or will they do the job over a long period of time it doesn't mean they can or can't it means will they so quick story is you know early in my career I did payroll for seven years I'm not detail oriented I hated it but I was so driven to begin with to learn and to grow and to kind of move up that ladder right that that was fine for that period of time. Now I'm like, anything that's that detail related is awful for me. I can do it. Will I do it? No. (laughs) Right. So one, we need to look at what the natural behavioral strengths are, but then we need to look at specifically what are the skill sets that this individual has. So I was talking with a client yesterday and we were going through and I said, hey, you know, Ilda could potentially be a great fit for this role. And the client goes, Well, if only Ilda could drive a forklift. I said, Absolutely. We're talking about two different things. I'm talking about behavioral traits for the role. You're talking about skill set for the role. We have to have both. And then we have to have the culture in the organization. I like to use the analogy of a bus. Are you ready? We're going to go back to kindergarten for a second. However, so the analogy of a bus is we need to get the right person on the right bus, which is the culture. Are they in the right culture? Are they going the direction that they want to go? Because a bus is going somewhere. So that's the culture. Once we get them on the right bus, we need to get them into the right seat on that bus. That's the job. Do we get them into the job that is the right fit for them? Now we want to look at who is sitting around them on the bus. You know, like who are those people that they're chatting with that are around them? This is your team. If you're sitting next to some great people on your bus, guess what? You're going to have a fantastic time on this ride, right? If you're not sitting next to the right people on that bus, you can be bullied, you can have a horrible time, it can be an awful, awful experience. So that team is incredibly important. And then the fourth piece is who's the driver, right? Who's that manager that's managing and leading this team?
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, well, those are all the big questions that I had. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership?
1: So Harrison, thank you so much for this conversation about kind of what this means to use people data inside of our organizations. So you can find me at elevated and you can find me on LinkedIn at Tracy. Shirk.
0: Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to working with people by Pave Step. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast.
1: Thank you so much for the time um, together this morning, Harrison. And I'm so excited about what PaveStep is doing and the impact that that is having to give managers that container to really coach their staff for them to be successful. So thank you so much. And I hope that you all have a fantastic day. Have a good one.
0: Thank you so much.